This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Stephen Scott is here. He's one of the co-hosts of Double Tap Canada. Of course, you can find that program Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio. And you can find Stephen in Glasgow, Scotland. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Dave. How are you today? I'm well. Always nice chatting with you. You've got some information here about the Blind Shell Classic 2 phone, which is considered to be the most accessible phone for blind people or folks who are partially sighted. So, Stephen, let's start here. Can you give me a description of the phone? Yeah, so think back to the days of the Nokia 3310 or, you know, those kind of candy bar style phones that you'd have where you had the T9 keyboard, i.e. the 1 to 9 on the keyboard, and mm-hmm. then you had your non-touch screen. Oh, remember those days? Oh, my gosh. No touch screens Tactile to Tactile buttons. Oh, yeah, brilliant. So that candy bar style, that is what the Blind Shell Classic looks like. And uh, it has some really nifty functions. And as you say, totally accessible to blind people. So, Stephen, I think this is certainly obvious, just laid out by your description, based on the fact of no touchscreen, tactile buttons. But are there other major differences that we should highlight between other major brands like Apple or Samsung? Yeah, so one thing about these types of devices is, and we've seen many over the years, companies like Doro and Emporia who've created devices similar to this, where you have these uh, candy bar style phones, flip phones sometimes in that clamshell design. And, you know, some of the elements would talk, but not all of it would talk. Maybe the buttons you push, the one to nine, that would speak, but all the other buttons wouldn't or menus wouldn't speak. And that was a bit of a challenge for people totally blind. Good for people with low vision, not good for people with no vision. Now, this is where the Blind Shell Classic comes into its own. Everything talks. The whole thing speaks. Uh, every menu, every uh, area you go to, every button you press speaks. Now, this is something which is cool. And the fact that it's tactile really does stand out against Apple and, and Samsung or any other Android phone for that matter. Uh, although I will say that what is interesting about this device is it does run on Android software. Okay. It runs on its own okay. version of Android, and that's kind of cool. That is kind of neat that they're using sort of a, a Frankenstein here, putting a couple of things together, <laughs> yes. maybe old hardware and newer software. And they've recently put a couple of new features on top of this. So what are some of these added features? Yeah, so in addition to the cool things it's got, like voice control, which actually uses Google to achieve that, uh, it's got an SOS button on there if you want to make an emergency call. It's got all those kind of things. In addition, they've added an app store to it. And that means a bit like when the iPhone got its app store, they can start to develop Android apps redesigned for this device. And they've launched three already, uh, one of which is coming later in the year, hopefully by the end of September, uh, and that is Ira. Uh, and of course, for many people who've followed my show for a long time, I talk a lot about Ira, the personal assistance service that you can connect to via your smartphone. They're able to see through the back camera of your device and help you with everyday tasks, help you with navigation, all of that. Now, up until now, that's only been available on iPhones and then Androids, but now it will be available on Ira, uh, on Blindshell Classic as well, which means that for once, you know, this is on a non-touchscreen device. Now, they've also added on there, uh, and it's available now, Google Lookout. 
which is a fantastic app. Honestly, one of the best things about using an Android phone is Google Lookout because it's such a great app for reading short text and it uses artificial intelligence to do that. If you want to read a document, it can read that to you. It can scan products. So if you pull a, uh, you know, a can out of the cupboard, you'll know what it is. Uh, great for going shopping as well, knowing what you're buying, all that kind of thing. So that's now available on the Blind Shell Classic. And more recently, they added WhatsApp, which of course everyone uses yeah. to communicate. And for us, it's great because you can use voice message. So super cool. So Stephen, it sounds to me like these developments are taking this phone that was functionally very accessible, but now making mm -hmm. it more usable, almost making this phone smarter, making it a smartphone as opposed to simply just, well, <laughs> a shell of a phone. But as, I'm, as, yeah. as we're looking at some of the positives, <laughs> for the sake of balance, do you see any pitfalls or drawbacks of this phone? Yeah, so one of the things that, and, and it's interesting because I've just been talking to the company before we came on uh, with you, Dave, to talk about this. Uh, and one of the things that I brought up with them was that, first of all, it's not available on every carrier in the US at the moment. Uh, it is available on most carriers in Canada. That's good news. Uh, but it's locked into T-Mobile in the US at the moment. So that's a bit of a, a drawback for users there. Uh, also, it doesn't have all the apps you might want. You know, I was thinking about it as, you know, wouldn't it be great if it had this app or this particular bank app that I've got, you know, mm -hmm, that's the kind of mm -hmm. thing it doesn't have and may not have, you know, it's not, they're not going to recreate the entire Google Play Store inside this device. Unfortunately, that's not going to be possible because they do have to rebuild the app to some degree to make it work in this quite unique and simple environment. Uh, but you're right. This is not, uh, you know, in my view, this is kind of crossing and blurring that line between feature phone and smartphone, because I think most people think smartphone equals touchscreen. And this is not that. This is a smartphone, but without the touchscreen. And I think this is why a lot of people like it. But yeah, there are some issues with it in terms of, like I say, carrier support. And it's not going to have every app you want. So, you know, it is a considered purchase. But there are a lot of people who are choosing it over iPhone. Mm -hmm. there, there might be some BlackBerry folks, too, who'd be like, I get a keyboard yeah. back. Like, give me that keyboard exactly. action going. So along those lines, Stephen, the phone, again, obviously, the, the tailored niche demographic is people who are blind or partially sighted. Do you think yeah. this is actually a phone that someone who has sight might enjoy getting their hands on? Yeah, I think for anybody, and I, I dread to say the word older because I get lots of email when I say that. But, <laughs> um, but there are people, and it's not all older people, let's be frank about it. There's lots of people out there who just don't want to have a, an iPhone or an Android phone. They don't want to go through all that. Some people can't. You know, physically, they maybe can't use that kind of device. So they might want to have something that's a little bit, not simpler, but more adaptive to their needs. And that is very much what the Blind Show Classic can offer. The name does suggest it's for blind people. Um, I think that's something they'll rethink down the line because if they want to sell this to more people who are not disabled, and I think they could, uh, because you can turn the speech off, for example. You don't right, have to have right. the speech on, but you do get large print. So that means low vision would find this useful. I think, you know, for, for someone like yourself, Dave, for me, this is a great device. And it's something that I wouldn't quite say I'm ready to throw in my iPhone 4, <laughs> yeah. but that's that's kind of partly because of those apps, you know, it's because of yeah. those apps are not there. And, and as you and I have talked about before many, many times, familiarity uh, means, means a lot, right? That's one of the reasons why I'm still in the Android family. I know how to use Absolutely. it and I'm comfortable with it and I've figured out my adaptations to make it work. Just like for so many folks who are in that iPhone family, they figured out their accessibility settings, they know how to get it the way they like it, and why yeah. why why mess with why mess with happy to sort of paraphrase uh, an expression that I can't fully say on the air. Uh, Stephen, what is the uh, price tag on a sucker like this? 
So a quote here from the CNIB Smart Life Store, 569 Canadian oh. is the price. So, you know, it is considered, but it's not too bad in comparison. And I'd certainly put it up there with the iPhone SE or that kind of device. But, I, you know, I say put it up there only in terms of price because it's a different experience. Right, uh, right. But I, I think a lot of people would be intrigued to know about this. And it's, it's just I'm, I'm glad, Dave, we could talk about it today. Yeah, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it as well, Stephen. Anything else you want to highlight ahead of tonight's episode of Double Tap Canada? Yeah, tonight, actually, you're mentioned a few times on the show, and in, in a good way, I think. Um, we're talking about the headline of my notes today are monitors get weird. Uh, because, <laughs> frankly, yeah, monitors are getting really strange. That They've developed this new one, and I cited you as someone who might want this, a Samsung 55-inch cockpit view, as in viewing this vertically curved uh, monitor. So it actually kind of almost towers over you as immersive. you sit in front of it. Okay. Yeah, totally immersive. And I thought, this is uh, three 27-inch monitors stacked on top of each other. And I, I, I suggest on the show tonight that maybe you would like that. <laughs> so that was my excuse for bringing it I, up. I don't quite know. I don't quite know if I would go uh, full-blown uh, that large. But I will say, uh, for a little stretch of time, I used to keep a laptop hook up, hooked up to a 32-inch plasma flat-screen TV instead of a mm -hmm. monitor itself. And I was like, this is awesome uh yeah. but i think there is a certain point where if the screen gets too big i actually can't read everything on the screen so it's it's well, a yeah, very yeah. delicate balancing act for me Stephen. there's a line between too much you know real estate on in front of you but uh, you're not alone actually a lot of people are doing this i'm seeing more people going for those 50 inch tvs for monitors especially low vision people yeah so i find that quite interesting and it just it's a really interesting conversation to see how monitors are developing for the gaming community, but how that really could benefit us. Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's so much crossover when it comes to the gaming community and uh, accessibility yeah. in, in, in technology. Hey, Stephen, we got a scoot, man, but thank you for this. Have a great show tonight. Thank you, Dave. Have a great one. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.